Welcome to Talk About. On Talk About, our goal is to sit down with open-minded people for open and honest discussion. No judgment, no hidden agenda, just getting the conversation started. This week we sit down with music superfan and part-time music historian, Don Baker. In this delightful conversation, Don and I dive into our mutual love of music, as well as how anxiety and depression can both help and sometimes hinder the creative process. Sit back and enjoy the show. So you got a drink handy there, I see. Oh, so yeah, and I didn't cheers yet. So no this, worries this is my at all, man. Very good. This, so. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. All right. Salute. Excellent. Uh, so glad that we are finally get to, able to get this underway. Uh, I know that there was some some back and forth as as it is. Uh, you know, there's there's COVID. There's uh, <laughs> there's uh, rescheduling of all sorts. Oh, yeah. But you know oh, what, yeah. man? We we nailed uh, we nailed down a, a date and time, and we're oh, here yeah. now. So yeah. well, you said you were moving as well at one point. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that was that was, that was a, a little while ago when. Yeah, but I had some rescheduling to do myself. So yeah, that's that's absolutely. like absolutely. That's right. But I'm glad uh, I'm glad that we had a chance to finally sit down, man. As we were saying right. just before we came on, it's been a couple of years since we've seen each other in person. Uh, totally, man! Wow, what a what a wild time in in terms of COVID and changes and stuff like that. So we're we're both permanently working from home. And like, how, how has this been for you? Because I know for me personally, uh, I was a proponent of, of working from home because I live out, you know, a little bit, a little ways away. Um, and it was convenient for me, but like, how have you found this, this transition, uh, now that's been somewhat permanent for the past couple of years? It's funny because, um, so I live about a 20 minute walk away from the chorus building still <laughs> we'll see if that uh, we'll see if that 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 changes now that uh you know they've officially uh made that permanent you know, we've been we've been discussing potential plans about uh moving and things like that at, at some point but um yeah at the time i don't think i did a single work from home day i i was just so close at the time i didn't really see the point i was just yeah. like if i'm gonna do my work it's close enough that i i, I don't mind getting up getting the exercise to walk out. I mean, I do miss that, that mandatory hour a day of, of walking because I would walk to work um, about 15 minutes, let's say, walk back for, uh, for lunch, uh, walk back to work for the afternoon and then walk home again. So that's four 15 minute walks. So that was, that was an hour a day. And I do miss that because I, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that consistent exercise. But at the time, yeah, no, I was just like, why would I want to bring my work home? I just want to leave it here. I want to come in, do it, and have that that split between uh, work and uh, and life. Uh, looking back, there were a couple of times where I even I, I I possibly could. And the other thing too was you had to get that set up with uh, the VPNs, the original VPNs, and the laptops. And I remember just looking at the pages of stuff, and I'm just like, do I really want to bother with 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 <laughs> IT? You know, I just figured it would just be a, a big, because uh, I, even some other coworkers of ours were saying like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm doing this, but it's a pain in the butt to do this and that. And I'm like, well, I ain't missing nothing then. So <laughs> not missing anything. So um, I was fine pretty much with the arrangement that, uh, that I had. I mean, I could, you know, you know, schedule certain days if I needed to do something, but otherwise I was close enough that if it was something I could do on a lunch break or something, you know, but flash forward to now and, you know, two years of being at home and yeah, you know, it's, 
I mean, I guess I do like the fact that if something happened at the last minute and I needed to be at the office, it's still right there. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, now that it's, and I know it took a long enough time for them to even sound firm enough in their stance on us working from home. I know that was a bit of a frustrating time too. I remember there were a few people and, uh, and maybe you were one of them because I think you were, you said you were in the moving process where a few people were, I think it just about every meeting it was like, what are we doing? When is this happening? When is this happening? When is this happening? And I was like, I can, I could, you know, even though it wasn't as urgent for me, I could relate because, you know, I, people would ask me questions too about, so is that your scenario permanent or not? And I'd be like, I don't know, but we, you know, every three months they'd extend it by another three months. And yeah, yeah here we are in two years. And like, I didn't, yeah, I did not see, like, I, I thought maybe a month, maybe two, I would have cleared out some stuff from like, I don't think it's really important, but I think I still have some stuff in my desk that I was going to, I was like, well, I'll be back in a few weeks, so, you know, or I'll be back again so at some point. I'll, I'll clear it out. But I think it's still there. And then they said they'd, they'd wrapped up all the desks at one point. And I'm like, well, yeah, I just want to, you know, just want to wait on it then before going in and digging through all my, my crap to see if there's anything valuable there. But Yeah, it was a difficult time, that. right? Just like everybody yep. that was going through all those early stages, because I think after a while, people were just looking for some kind of stability, right? And they were looking Absolutely. for those answers. Yep. And it's like, okay, so what is the permanent thing moving forward, or at least give us, you know, and, and I think our, I think our company did a phenomenal job in what they were doing. Uh, they know, did they rolled out everything quickly. Oh, and, man. Wow. <laughs> well, it's because you I mean, you know, how, how uh, hard it would be to get any info from IT. And then suddenly the week before, boom, they were there doing, and I'm like, if they only had worked this quickly on some other issues, <laughs> like what, you know, not, not to slander them too much. No, you know, not I, at they, all. they do, they have a, they have a, they have a, they do have a tough job. So I get it. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, normally we really don't hear from them in that week. They were just like, hi, here's your laptop set yeah. up. And then I, I still forget how to hook this thing up to the dock because I think we only use that dock for a week. And then mine's been sitting in the closet. And, Oh, he's in the closet. Oh, well, okay. I, I was sitting my... in my original closet and then I moved. So it's been uh... it's still up in my closet right now. <laughs> Mine's still on the desk. It's, it's still there. there. I think I think when I went back, I just, uh, yeah, I don't think I didn't grab anything from my desk. I just grabbed uh, the monitor because I didn't have uh, one at the time. And that was it. And that was like, yeah, I don't think we, we still weren't even out of March 2020 then. So that's wow. been, I did have to go back at one point because there was something I had ordered which ended up being kind of useless. Uh, one of those little desk fridges. Because oh. I'd seen, I'd never had one. And I saw some people with one and, uh, you know, those little, those little uh, Coke mini desk fridges. Yeah, a little so drink I, fridge. Yeah, so I, they, they pulled maybe two cans or something. I mean, but anyways, I'd ordered one and this was back when we could order things through work and have it delivered there. And I'm like, well, I might as well just order it here. I'm only going to be using it here. So of course, it came in after we'd already left. So I was like, well, I got to go back and, and, and pick it up at some point. So I think maybe it was a couple months later where I went in and luckily they still had it in there. That's a, that's a score because yeah, I, I mean, I have to imagine that a few items got lost. Oh, for sure. Although when I actually set it up here at home, those things are disappointing. Oh. Not, uh, <laughs> it's just not cold enough. Either the power here is weak or there was something up with it. And it was just Probably not. Yeah, probably just not enough refrigeration. Not, not enough refrigeration. Yeah. I, I'm, I am, I am someone where if I'm going to have a cold beverage, it better be damn cold. So uh, I, am, I like lu- that. Lukewarm, yeah. lukewarm is not really my stuff. So uh, yeah, well, a lukewarm soda. No, that, not, that, not, not, not cutting it. So it's still. I have it kicking around here somewhere. If I have any visual props later for a, an audio podcast, just but, throw it up um, on Kijiji. 
Yeah, yeah, there we go. It's, <laughs> it's just, I'm a bit of a pack rat. So I do have some items, some items that are, are valueless, some the occasional cool item sitting around. But. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things that, uh, that we have been talking about on and off for probably the past year or so is yeah. music. Uh, I mean, I know that you are a massive music not just fan, but you're an actual artist as well. And so I figured that there's no better person that I'd like to start picking their brain on, um, you know, music, you know, things that you're into, um, you know, the intersectionality between this and, you know, emotion, uh, which is something mm-hmm. that we were ta- we've been talking about a lot Absolutely. as well. Uh, because I mean, music is nothing if it's not emotional. And so, you know, one of the things that I wanted to start with, though, is I know that you play multiple instruments and I know I've heard some of the pieces that you've written and stuff like that. Where are you in terms of music right now? Like what instruments do you play and do you have a preference? And, you know, if you have like a moment, do you, do you have a place that you go and you're just like banging out on the piano or break out a guitar? What, what are your, what are your instruments of choice? Sure. Well, actually, uh, well, thank you for saying I play multiple instruments. I actually am more keyboard based. I, I, okay. uh, I mean, I do a little. I, I like to hit things for percussion, not, not, not people. There's like you know, maybe <laughs> items or, or pots and pans, but no, pretty much any sound that um, that that I, I put down on any recordings is all completely done through uh, a keyboard, whether that's drums, keys, uh, guitar sounds. Um, I like trying to imitate things. They don't always work out the way I'd like to, but um, it's fun. It's fun to try. I just love love pushing buttons and stuff. Although I'm I'm not really, I guess I got to get a, a little more in tune with modern music making. Some people use iPads, their phones, all that stuff, uh, and I'm just so used to using uh, a piano instrument that I that's really the only way I can uh, operate. So I. Uh, yeah, I want to make my re- keep my recordings. I have a keyboard, hook that up with a, a MIDI connector to a laptop and kind of just go from there. I'm not super technical, but I kind of, you know, even things like GarageBand, which is where I made a lot of recordings because the layout was simple enough to, or if you just want to get an idea down, you can do that quickly. That's that's sort of how I operate, to sort of hook it up and go. And yeah, as far as like when and how those kinds of things happen, it really depends. I'm, I wish I was someone who was a bit more regimented and would sit down and compose daily. But really, it's kind of like something has to inspire me for a few reasons. Number one, because inspiration with me leads to the sort of the energy to get it done or to get make something, you know. And two, because I don't feel like I want to make something where I just sit back at the end and go well it's i've heard this before this is another i'm just adding another even if it's something that i haven't (laughs) put out there if i feel mentally like oh this is just another kind of similar thing that i'm throwing on the pile of songs that have been done like this or pieces that have been done in a certain style then uh because i i it's funny i don't record every day but i think about things all the time every day i'm thinking you know this this could be an idea or, or that could be an idea you know, sometimes I'll hit that roadblock where it's just kind of like, well, this is a cool idea, but oh, someone on YouTube has done this already, you know, ah, don't really want to repeat that. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess how I go about it can be a little haphazard. 
I was doing photography for a long time and yeah. I, I was, I really got in, in the early stages, I really got into this frame of mind that uh, exactly what you're saying. Oh, you know, somebody's already doing that, or I've seen this before. I want to do something original. I want to be, I want to separate myself from the crowd. Uh, do you find that you get into that headspace sometimes where you're like, oh, this, this may be a good idea, but I don't know, man, someone's already done it. I'll wait and be more original. <laughs> well, it, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even think about it necessarily in the terms of, of wanting to look like an innovator, but even if it's just something where I don't think the end result will excite me that much, either because it's something I've heard so many times that I'm, I'm kind of numb to it, or it's because someone else has done it and all of my excitement has gone towards like, oh man, that's that's really cool and they've, they've done it. And I kind of had this, uh, you know, feeling towards that piece of work and I, you know, I, I won't feel the same about whatever I end up making, which may or may not be true. I mean, I'm just saying these are kind of the uh, the roadblocks I go through sometimes. I know there are days where sometimes I just have to push myself to 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 lay some work down. But that's why, like uh, at, at work, we used to have these little things where I'd make a piece for a certain holiday, like Christmas or Halloween or something, because I'm like, hey, there's a holiday. No one's necessarily asking for this, but there's a deadline. So at least that can can give me a goalpost that will, will force me to get something done for a certain, uh, you know, a certain time period, like getting it in before Halloween passes. Who want, you know, in, in my mind, no one's really looking to hear a Halloween piece in I am. November. I, maybe you are, maybe you are. I'm That's great. always That's looking. Great. <laughs> I'm I, you know, I'm I'm someone too where I don't mind hearing pieces from different holidays at different times of the year. In fact, depending on the time of year, uh, you know, sometimes I get overwhelmed with hearing Christmas pieces at Christmas and I don't mind actually hearing them sort of out of context at, uh, at, at different times of the year. So sure, sure. But um, yeah, so I, I mean, sometimes I feel like if, if there's a theme or if there's, uh, so like, for example, we were talking about, and I'd still love to do this, if you ever wanted a, like a theme song, you know, um, I, I, it's, I, I, I do love having those projects where there is sort of a, um, a theme and a goal because then I can sort of put efforts towards that and it kind of gets me a little bit past the roadblock. I do love imitating things too as I said if it comes down to doing a parody piece. Parody pieces are great like when we did um, we had uh, uh, you know Jeopardy at work and I made a uh, I think some of the, the the most fun I've ever had on the composition side was doing like a, a spoof Jeopardy piece because then I I'm not worried about it sounding like something else because that is the point. The point yeah. is that it's supposed to, to sound like a, a, a knockoff. So then I can enjoy imitating something, you know, that, that those, those are, those are fun. It's when I'm sitting around trying to, to, to think of something new on the, I guess the creative landscape or whatever that, uh, you know, it can get a bit tricky, but. Well, this is going to be a really good experiment for you because one of the things that I was going to propose is that we sure. have been talking a lot about a theme song because I, yeah, I like yeah, the yeah. theme song, but but I, I'd like something original, especially from somebody that I know. And I've heard okay. some of your compositions of not the, just the parody pieces, but some of the ways that you bring music together to me. And, and I'm just, you know, an amateur music lover and, a, and you know, a self-professed hey, audiophile. Nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I can see that you or I can hear that you have the abilities to do that. So the challenge before you today is sure. that this experiment and this experience of being on the show is actually going to give you a flavor and a feel for what this show is all about. So awesome. you're going to be able to take the feelings from today, 
jot down some notes. And then once we air, you're going to actually hear it exactly. And so you're, so you're right inspired, now. <laughs> right? And, and this is exactly what it's about. It's just about being inspired and coming up with new ideas because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you definitely like passion is a big part of all of this stuff, right? And you clearly it have is. a passion for this you know, too much it, sometimes yeah, too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, but that, but that's the good thing, man, especially when we're doing this on the side or as, as people like to say a, a side hustle or whatever, that you're just doing this too. because you love it. Right. And, yep. and that's the thing that's really cool is you don't have to take those. You don't have to compose something that you're not proud of just because you want to pay, make a paycheck. Right, like, right. You can do exactly. whatever it is you exactly. want, which is a great, it's, exactly. but I understand what you mean. If there's not a deadline there, if there's not a reason to put something out, sometimes that's a reason to stay still. It can be tough. And I mean, I've, I've, I've heard stories about many fame, famous artists who operate like that. You know, they, um, especially once the music industry changed where the pressure wasn't to put out an album a year. And then suddenly you have people putting out albums every five years every day you know and I can I can see them going through that 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 same process too uh Peter Gabriel is one of my favorite musicians and so he's he's someone where he he he's definitely said a few times in a few interviews that his studio process um at least from the mid 80s onward is very piece by piece he's had ideas that he's written that turned into songs like 15 years later so he'll he'll come in, he'll do something, but maybe he'll sit on it for a while. Maybe he'll write nothing for a while and then he'll he'll, you know, kind of put out some stuff as he sees fit. I mean, he got to a place where I, I guess he still had um a reputation he could keep while being able to put out things, you know, whenever he wanted. Yeah, that's <laughs> once you true. have like a number one hit on Billboard, you kind of can I don't want to say you can do what you want because some artists I'm sure feel uh, extreme pressure from that, but but some take it the other way and go, hey. I've, I've, I've achieved some great stuff. <laughs> yeah. What are you? He was in Genesis. That? He had some solo hits and so yeah. then he could take 15 years to put out an album. If he, the last studio album this guy put out, for example, was in 2002, 20 wow. years ago. So wow. he, but he does, he does little things. He'll put out little, little one-off songs on Spotify, or he'll do a soundtrack. This guy also does soundtracks. So he'll, he'll do an album and then maybe a, a soundtrack, maybe two soundtracks and then, and then another work. But I mean, and I mean, this is where I was mentioning about the whole, you know, Venn diagram of, of, of musical things. And this goes into another thing where, you know, now the, the, the industry has changed. You can do that. You're not, you know, you're not confined to having to go to a, a, a studio and do things on a certain uh, time and schedule and budget. You can make things at, at home if you have a home studio set up. You can drop one song instead of a full album. You can make the one song album length if you want to you can do whatever the hell you want so like there is a lot of variety right now isn't there in terms of the way people are producing their music i think one of the things that uh, that i find really fascinating is i started listening to a a podcast series on mixtapes and it was talking about the history you would love this actually i'll find it and i'll send it over to you sure please do talking about the history of mixtapes and and they went over to uh places like japan and you know places uh like china where music was was banned for the most part and the component that they were really focusing on was this idea that over in places like japan they've been doing what we consider like crossovers and mashups they've been doing that since the beginning of time almost like yes. since the beginning of recorded music and Don, <laughs> this blew me away. I, I like, I no. went up to my girlfriend and I was like, 
can you believe because one of the things I was getting frustrated with music was that yeah it was all starting to blend and and oh, that was for sure. yeah so for me like I grew up just like you did yep. I grew up with very defined genres this is rock this is rap you would get yep. some crossovers yeah right you you know this was country yep you would get a few things, a few artists that would cross over, but now everybody's doing it. And I was getting frustrated by that. I mean, and not to, not to knock the sort of perpetual melding of all these genres, nothing wrong with that. But, but for me, as I'm sure it was for you back then, because I guess you had a bit more separation when certain genres did collide or did get mixed together, uh, it was really exciting. I mean, really I remember exciting. hearing about, you know, like in back in the 90s when guys like Beck were throwing it all and I was like, who else is doing this? Or people like the Beastie Boys were doing the same thing. I'm like, well, no one else is, you know, like sampling themselves and then sometimes <laughs> rapping, but maybe singing on it if they want to or doing jokes in the tracks or doing really obscure, you know, baseball references or, or whatever. But yeah, now it feels like because, and maybe it's because so many people were fans of that blueprint, that that blueprint became like a, thing unto itself that got mixed in with with other things and yeah you're right it's um you know now it's like when i hear i guess what you would call like a standard pop song today for example the singer has to sound i i find all, all nearly always like they have a jamaican accent even if they're not jamaican it's like there's an, a certain accent in there on certain words a certain vocal tone, they have to hit a certain falsetto note, whether they're male or female, certain, it's like these, these certain reactors have to happen in a song that's going to make someone's brain go, I like this, you know, and usually they, they, they put these things through market tests too, and uh, just to, to, especially if they're thinking about it commercially, they want to hit the most, you know, mass appeal that they can, so they have focus groups, looking at these things and saying, well, we find that songs with falsetto note A5 and this part makes people react well, or this certain um, dance hall beat that we all used to hear on like, you know, reggae mix 95 or something. I may be rambling a little bit during this. Oh, uh, no, this it's all good. But yeah. it kind of it reminds me of, of, again, being excited, like <laughs> hearing like Ace of Bass in the 90s. I remember feeling excited that these, white Swedish people were kind of doing kind of like forms of dance hall music, even though some of their songs all ended up tending to sound the same. I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is, this is interesting. Now that's the norm. Mm -hmm. People looked at Ace of Bass and they're like, we gotta, we gotta do that. And now so much pop music sounds like that, that, that blueprint sound like your quasi exotic, I don't know strong words here, but yeah. they just like, I don't know, and and sometimes and sometimes I get kind of I kind of kind of get you know I, I, as as I get older I get a little cynical and I go oh I bet these people doing this song don't even know what they're referencing here like this sounds like chic but they don't they wouldn't know chic if I talk to them about it they just give me a weird look or something you know so uh, I, I I get I get kind of grouchy about it but it's um that's just kind of what I yeah I, well, I, it seems like um it's sort of been stamped out but I and then again. I guess it's been the same in multiple generations too. I've seen old interviews where people have complained that music was becoming formulaic and cookie cutter. And this is 2010s, 2000s, 90s, 80s, same, same complaint. So maybe it's, it's a, it's an age thing too. Maybe if I was 
16 again and just hearing some of this stuff for the first time you know i'm sure there are at least a few artists i heard when i was 16 that i was like wow this is kind of interesting where someone else was like yeah been there done that you know i think so you're absolutely right about that too. yeah the the generations before you know you're always going to take a look at that and there's this there's this tendency to always compare artists before to the artist now and mm. i get a little frustrated with that because you know going back to what we started talking about in terms of you know being original or coming up with original ideas or not getting bored with those ideas listen all the music has been created already you have to now Feels like, like it. right like i mean the, the notes are there nobody's got like i just watched uh dave grohl's uh horror movie well foo fighters uh, horror movie studio awesome it's been wanting to see that man okay yeah, i won't say anything i won't say anything i'm sure it's great and I, I, it's every, fun. Ever, ever since taylor passed too i've been kind of like oh i want to i want to give some time before i watch this so i'm not too bummed out and it's a bit weird so give yourself that time, yeah man. it's a it's a yeah. bit surreal but in there yeah. they do touch on like the one little thing it's not even a spoiler uh creating a new note right like right. he just creates a new note out of nowhere and it's not that's not happening right like the notes are not right being created so you have to find creative ways to be able to express yourself and and i think the thing that has blown my mind wide open over the past i would say 5 years that i've really been diving into different music is yeah. just how much of a fan these people are you know they're not just artists right like when you do see somebody like Grohl and the Foo Fighters working with artists from different generations and mm. different genres, right? Like that's been happening for a while. But, yep. you know, when when Neil Young and Pearl Jam decided to get together and tour, both of the fans, I don't know if you remember this, but both the fans on opposite sides of that were losing their minds. Oh, Neil Young doesn't belong in the same stage as Pearl Jam. Right. And then the Neil Young fans were saying the same thing. And they were missing the point. You have brilliant artists coming together oh, because sure. they're fans of each other. You know oh, what I mean? Like, sure. They oh, don't necessarily sure. need to be doing the same thing, but they no. really respect what the other artist is doing. Exactly. To jump on that point, around the same time, David Bowie and Trent Reznor decided to do a tour together. And it was the same thing. There were fans on either side going like, what is Nine Inch Nails doing with Bowie on a tour? And 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 they actually took it one step further and would make it a continuous show. Let's say Nine Inch Nails are opening. They do their set. They get to the end of their set, and Bowie comes on to duet on a few songs with Trent. <sighs> and then, after their whatever final duet in whatever however many they're going to do happens, Trent and the others leave, and Bowie continues the show on his own. So. Very cool concept, but fans, some, well, yeah, at least a few fans were pissed going <laughs> like, what's, what? I don't like this. What's, what? and actually I, there, there was a story that originally it was going to be Morrissey, but Morrissey didn't want to do that whole blurring concept. He didn't want to give up the stage for some duets for two, three songs, just for this artistic illusion thing. He was just like, no, I want my show and you have your show and, so even even some of the artists that could have been potentially involved were against this idea, but what a great fusion! It's like you said with 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 Neil and Pearl Jam. Like, who cares in the end if they're if they're if they're great artists and the uh, and the product? I shouldn't say product because it makes it sound like product, but the 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 art or the piece moves you. That's, yeah, well, I mean, hey, said, listen. At the end of the day, you know, if you can hate it if you want, but if you like, you know, um, that's that, that's it. Same with 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 Bowie and Trent Reznor. 
you know so i i, I and yeah I, you know if it if it, and i know some people kind of look at it cynically too and they're especially looking at the older artists going like oh they're just trying to stay relevant like oh i see you elton john doing a track with dua lipa so you can because because she's number one in the charts right now and you want you know it's, but, a, it's an unfortunate way to look at it yeah, though because it is, i mean like it is, there's, i know and that I've listened to that album that that Elton John did, and it was kind of funny because when you were talking about oh, the, the uh, lockdown session, yeah, the lockdown yes, sessions, yes. when you were talking about Peter, no problem at all. We had a, a quick advertiser break right there. I think we all went to the bathroom and we got some refreshes yep. on our drinks. But what Jimmy's we were... used car lots, the best cars in town. <laughs> but what we I were talking about. See, there you go. Like, we don't even need real advertisers. Although I'm, no. I'm probably going to have to see if we can make some money off that. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Hustle. <laughs> no, but I mean, so we were talking about Elton John and, and the lockdown Yeah, the sessions, lockdown right? sessions. Yes, yes, And yes. I think the, the funny thing that to me is that, you know, he he it didn't seem to me like he was mailing it in. I actually thought the, those oh. things were quite entertaining. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in there that I, I had no idea was even, you know, was even within his realm. Like he's such an unbelievable artist. Right. And I think that you start to get an idea as to how good he is. Oh, for sure. For sure. And um, yeah, I'm, I am a, I'm a big Elton nerd. So I, I what's interesting is though, that I, I did kind of hold off on hearing the whole thing. Uh, there are, I know there were a few collaborations. Charlie Puth was one. I mean, obviously, what some of the 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 tried and true artists like Stevie Wonder, where you know, you know, he's he's a, a reliable performer after yeah. like sixty years, sixty years. Yeah, Stevie's been singing since well, his first release came out in nineteen sixty-two, I think. Remarkable. So, yeah, so um, back when he was the 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 twelve-year-old genius, yeah, little Stevie Wonder, the twelve-year-old genius, because I think yeah, he was born in like 1950 or so 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 anyways 60 years of of that guy doing seven and then he's still still a few years younger than elton yeah so the only song i heard off of that was was the the the, the dua lipo one i think in a way that was kind of a um a bad introduction for me and only because that one was a a, a mashup of several songs of his some of which i didn't hear too much of which was okay but a few where i'm just like okay so this is the first verse so this, this will kind of show you how my mind works i'm like okay get some 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 good beats here some good music there's a few little vocals in the background and i'm like i think though those are sampled from an older song it said right away that the artist he was working with besides dua lipa is this um australian duo called now now p-n-a-u i uh, saw some interview where dua lipa was calling them now now so i don't know what the hell they call themselves but anyways these these two guys had worked with elton on a mashup album around 2015 i'd like to say so i already was like oh, okay these are the mashup guys so they're probably going to be taking some some older stuff and let's see what they do here so i'm like okay so the vocals from sacrifice which was a hit song of his in 1989 then when Dua comes in, it's Rocket Man, and I'm like, oh, and I, I, I don't want to sound like a snob because Rocket Man is a beautiful song. And the first time I heard it, I can still tell you how I, I was just like, this sounds. My said my seven year old brain. That was the first time I, I, I heard Elton. Was like, this is amazing. There are these, and it, as it, sometimes if I hear it, if I heard it uh, instrumentally, say, or in a different way, I could really appreciate even more all the work that went into it. 
all the layers and the, the backup vocals and a sort of rocket slide guitar on it. I mean, I could go into a whole two hour breakdown of how, how that track was made. Cause I just, I'm just, I'm just a Melton nerd. But I was just like, oh, okay. They're going for the low hanging fruit on this one. Okay, all right. Cause everyone knows Rocket Man. Fine, fine, that's cool, that's cool. And then it jumps right to a bit of a, an Elton track called Kiss the Bride from my birth year, 1983. And this is what I should have said is a, is a section of the like pre-chorus of that song. So I'm like, oh, okay, they're just kind of jamming stuff together. All right. And then they repeat another bit of Elton, but it's the same thing from the first song. And then the, it, uh, so I, I guess that's the problem. Sometimes I wish I could look at something uh, in a less dissecting way. You know, maybe I'd, maybe I'd appreciate it in some different ways. Because I, I believe me, man, I never want to want to sound like a snob when I'm talking about this. I really enjoy connecting with people over music and I never want people to think that I'm just crapping on something that they like. But um, it, I just know that how my brain works is that I, I just start seeing layers in it and going like, okay, well, here's this part with the other parts. What do they do to that one part there? Oh, it's gone. Why isn't it back? What do they do? You know, and uh, sort of, sort of, yeah, as I said, di dissecting it like a lab experiment or something in my, in my brain. So anyways, I, I got through the end, but then I, I, I did some research on it because that's another thing I do It's just a lot of uh, uh, there may be days where I can't make music so much uh, or at least put it out the way I, I, I want to create it the way I want to but I'm always googling I'm always researching I'm always looking at old charts I'm I'm, I'm kind of like a, a musicologist in my spare time that's kind of just what I do and if you ask some people who know me well they're like yes anyone who's lived with me or whatever you know um they're like, yeah, that's what he, you know, ask, ask, ask Leah, she'd be like, that's, that's what he does. He just looks, looks charts, looks up, I do my music writing, <laughs> you know. Um, so anyways, I did some, some, some digging into on that. And they did use bits of an obscure Elton track from the 70s, which I really hadn't actually gotten around to hearing. So there is some, it goes, goes to show you that in, in, in just, in, in just about anything there is, there's, I do always find something there that I'm like, this is a good thing. You know, let's, maybe we could work on that a little more. Um, I don't know if you remember the track at all, but at the end, there's this choir coming in going like, Shura, Shura. And that's taken from an Elton track called Where's the Shura from oh, 1976. It was oh, a wow. deep cut. It was an album, it was an album cut. And that's the one thing with these guys that kind of frustrates me is that these ma these mashup guys, I know they're Elton nerds because they not only do they work with him, they got to, for the, the, the mashup album they did, they got all of his multi-tracks from his 70s albums to go through. B-sides, obscure stuff. And I'm like, okay, so I can tell these guys have like a, a, a passion there, but it also seems to be getting kind of thwarted by this, oh, we got to make it commercial. We got to, you know, yeah. so it's, oh, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but it was cool that they did. I, and maybe they did it for, for the Elton diehards, you know, just to, to, to give them a little something. It's like, we'll take three pretty well-known songs and then we'll throw in one, one deep cut. So there was the Rocket Man movie that came out a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, they did that. They did that on the soundtrack for that too. And, and good on them. Cause I was sitting there going like, okay, this will be a good movie. Let's 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 hear what they play. Hit me. Well, first of all, the title is Rocket Man, so I'm like, yeah, all right, that's fair. That's fair. I'm like, your song, okay, 
yeah, I'm like, okay, so this is basically, you know, a lot of the contents of like the the, the Elton Greatest Hits tape that my dad had that I first heard when I was, when I was seven. Nothing, no slamming it because they're all they're all great songs. But I'm just like, okay, okay. I was hoping for maybe a little surprise, and for like 30 seconds in a scene, I heard this track, and I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm like, I sounds like a Taron Egerton was was doing all the vocals, so it wasn't Elton singing, but it was uh, obviously sounded like a young Elton era track and I'm like okay is this is this a b-side that I don't know about because I'm pretty pretty good with my Elton b-sides <laughs> that's a whole other show and I went back and did some digging and I'm like oh this was a, a track that got only released in Portugal in 1968 on oh, some wow. on some EP or extended play vinyl which holds like four songs which is on like discogs for a thousand dollars or something because it's so rare and I'm like all right, this is their this is the movie's version of, of what happened with that that song. They're like, okay, we'll give you a lot of standards, but we'll throw in like something, a little something for the for the dorks out there. I think you have to, right? Because I think with these industries, they they try to appeal to everybody. And so you've got 80% of the people that are out there. And I get it. Right. Yeah. That, and, and yeah. right. Like, but, but it's frustrating for the people who are hardcore fans. Like I face this all the time when it comes to horror movies, or at least I did when horror wasn't as mainstream as it is now, which is yeah. not a bad thing, but yep. it just means that you have to dig deeper in order to find those oh, things. For sure. right? oh, and then for when, sure. you, when you start to commiserate with people and you start to communicate with people who, who consider themselves, you know, diehard Elton John fans oh, sure. and yep. diehard, you know, horror fans. Yep. And all you have to do Let's throw a little nugget out there. Hey, <laughs> you know this B-side from 76? Oh, and they're like, man. yeah. And then you know you're talking to a fan who's as obsessed as you are. Well, and it it, it, it really depends. And this is where I, I know prior to our chat uh, today, when we were discussing things, I said that sometimes music nerddom can be a lonely place. And you know, I, I, wrote that, that just, just I like, wrote that down oh, because I know. wanted you to elaborate on that because uh, I thought it yeah, was a very yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. comment. Well, I guess we kind of stum stumbled our way into that. Well, it's just, it's, um, I mean, not only is it, I mean, it's, I don't mind some of it being solitary. I, I, I have, take full pleasure in sleuthing out old charts on the internet and stuff like that. No one else has to care. It's just for my own interest. And I, I, right now I'm doing a whole, again, this could be a whole other talk, but I'm doing this thing where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to collect notes on every Canadian top 50 hit on the Canadian charts between 1980 and 2000. This is a wow. side project I'm working on because I, cool. I see Wikipedia articles and I'm like, is that right? I found a few things that were, were incorrect. And so eventually I'd like to, to see if I can, I, I actually don't have a Wikipedia editor account or anything like that, but I'd like to see if I can sort of get in on that. Um, that's a whole other thing. Anyways, those kind of obsessive projects, I don't mind because that's, that's, that's just me. But I, I do love um, connecting with people as well. And I know sometimes in the past I felt kind of, I, I mentioned some, some more obscure Elton Nugget and I get like a blank stare or, a, you know, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I feel badly about that because I do like, I do enjoy connecting with people of all stages of, of musical interest. I think it's a fascinating thing though, Don, because like, I, I feel I've encountered the same thing as, as you, uh, yeah. you know, and I, I use horror a lot because, yeah, you yeah. know, that's a, that's a realm that I've been in for a long time. And, you know, I would meet somebody and they would say, I'm a huge horror fan. Right. right. And then right. immediately I would throw out something that, you know, not most people would watch. And they'd be like, ah, I, I didn't watch that or, or I watched it and I didn't like it. And I was like, well, wait, 
how the hell did you not like it? That thing is a work <laughs> of art, right? And so, oh, I know. So well, you, get, I started, yeah, you get the differences of opinion too. Yes. Well, I know, I know, I know. But I started um, to alter it a little bit. And now what I do is I ask more questions. You know, if they right, say, oh, right. I'm, I'm a huge horror fan. I'm like, oh, cool. So, you know, what are some of your favorite horrors? Uh, you know, like yes. what kind of genre yes. do you like? And yes. what was the last thing you watched and all that type of stuff. So yes. that way I don't go in and say, oh, have you watched Behind the Mask with Leslie right. Vernon? And they're right. like, I don't even know what the hell that is. Is that based on a true story? Like, yep. what are you yep. talking about? Yep. yep. <laughs> so questions, questions, questions. I know. Yes. No, and that's that. That's a great way to do it, and that's that is what I do as well. That's I usually um, I usually check in um, with someone on yeah if they if they say they're interested in music. I mean, and that's the thing. Like music is kind of in the. I mean, I guess you know there there were points where you had to be more physically interactive with it. You have to turn turn on a radio, buy a record, buy a thing, and now it seems like music is just sort of in the in the ether. Yeah. Um, so for someone to say, I, I really like music, I actually I, I I've only met one person in my entire life who said, I really don't like music. Interesting. And I was like, at all? And this this is back in high school. So this was like 20, 20, 25 years ago. Maybe I don't yeah, I haven't haven't I haven't met this person or seen this person again since. So I really don't know anything's changed you just decided no no i'm just kind of like oh, okay see that's the thing i'm maybe maybe that's that's being too much of a uh a people pleaser which i often am which is that i just go oh okay oh so okay that's that's cool and i'm you know and sometimes i do try to picture what it's what it's um what it's like for that person so if someone says i'm a diehard jason aldean fan and i don't really i i like i like a lot of the country some of the newer country i do have to catch up on i will say but i try to sort of put myself in their shoes of someone where that's that's kind of their thing that they like you know try to trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes i guess well, at the same time, kind of juggling my own <laughs> obsessive interest. But I know in most cases, I just, I, I found that I, yeah, I just sort of take it out of myself and be like, oh, well, this is me being the, should just go back to the library, back to my book to shove my nose in where other people have cooler things to talk about. I say don't rob people of the opportunity to, to kind of be exposed to your brain, man, because like, listen, you may view it as obsessive or, you know, that people aren't interested or that's just the way you are. But in my opinion, I think this is the way that I have learned about things over the years is I've had these conversations with people that know way more about this stuff than I do. Oh, for sure. Right. Like, and it's like, amazing. For example, you mentioned horror and mm. um you know i uh, so i uh, <laughs> i wasn't flipping you off this is my hand this is an audio <laughs> thing guys so I, I made a hand gesture and i was like am i looking like i'm flipping them off and i, I totally wasn't i thought this conversation um, was going well man <laughs> fuck you about horror man. But, uh, um so for example yeah horror um i i'm definitely not as well versed as you are but i i you know it's all about learning right so i'd yeah. love to and and i would do the same thing i'd be like please break down some some history for me break down some 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 great movies and actors and it's funny because like I love reading about I've, I've sort of been branching out a little bit too into to reading about shows and, and and movies as well just the behind the scenes I just love those behind the scenes fact yeah, about great. how things get made and sometimes you know sometimes people just like to focus on the end product you know I think, and it's sort of a way how I look at, at, at so many things is where I look at, you know, I look at my, my headphones and I wonder, well, what, 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 where were the chemicals in the process? I don't, may not know the processes or I, I may not, it depends on, on my actual interest and in maybe seeking out every element of that process, but I do wonder about it. 
when I, I, I do like to think about those processes, and I know for some people, music, film, the arts, uh, maybe their interest lies in the end product. Mm-hmm. That's a great song. That was an enjoyable movie. That's a great piece of art. And some people are just like, wow, what, what were they thinking when they made that? And how many, how many takes did they do with that one? And what, what edits did they have to do in that song? And, and oh, they had to do this splice on film tape or audio tape or, you know, all that. And thinking about the, 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 the ins and outs of going through that can be fascinating if that's your alley. And that's, that's, that's yeah. You know what's interesting, though? You touched on a point earlier, and I think that this is a a really important point to bring up because I do it with movies all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I get focused on certain things like lighting and directing and acting and the way they develop characters and all that type of stuff. And I'll be honest with you, at the end of the movie, I don't know what the fuck just happened because I wasn't paying attention to the (laughs) movie. Yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, that's happened to me both on on a film level, sometimes just wondering... What, what went into a, a, a certain scene or a certain process, but also the soundtrack. Sometimes if a certain song comes on, I uh, the scene will be a total blank because I'll be like, and that happened to me with Guardians 2. Uh, and they used a song called Wham Bam Shangalang. Oh, yes. We just watched called... them all recently. Oh, yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's fresh in my head. And a sha la la la. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, by uh, Silver. And Silver. From my chart memory, I do remember that it was, they were one hit wonders on Billboard in like 1976, like a top 20 hit or something. So I might've come across the name before in the song title because I, I, at that point, which was just a few years ago, I was still you know going through charts and stuff, but uh, I, I never heard it. And I was just like, what is, oh, cool. And then, you know, that, sort of that reaction of I've, what is this? Yeah. This, uh, you know, and the next thing I know, the scene's gone. If someone asked me what scene was that in, I'm like, well, maybe they were in a ship or something. No clue something. because your memory took you back it was to just, another it time, just, right? It, 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 just, it just blanked. And it's it's been like that with the shows all the time. Or, you know, the glory of Shazam trying to Shazam a show just in case of something I'm, you know, or or um or I'll be I'll be grocery shopping and hearing something and I've forgotten what I'm looking for. I'm just, my brain's gone. Either trying to identify what I'm hearing or looking up what I'm hearing. Anyways, getting, getting back to your point. Yeah, my, my memory will totally get wiped clean by some of these thought processes <laughs> about, uh, about the content or uh, from a, a creation standpoint as opposed to a, a story standpoint. But yeah, someone else could look at that scene and they'd be like, okay, cool, catchy tune. But that might not be their, their focal point of interest. So they'd remember that it was some, and again, it's that thing where they, they put in a whole bunch of standards I'm like, okay, you know, the chain, yep, yep, I heard, you know, or um, I'm not in love, 10cc, which was a key point in the first movie, but then they'll drop in that, that, that nugget. I think the first movie, it was Come Get Your Love by Redbone. Oh, that one, I, I think I'd heard a few times, so there's still some recognition there, but they, they doubled down on the, they knew they had to double down on the sequel and, and, and go even more obscure, so uh so silver it was yeah oh the music was such a massive part of those two movies and what gun and you know music composer was doing with i don't even know who the music composer was for those i'm not good i'm not good with those names but yeah i think so was it it was james gunn who was the director right yeah Yeah, so i think he had a big hand in the uh, in the song selection so i think he was he was the the um yeah as far as i know there was some some scoring um i have to look up who who did the scoring for that 
was about to say Danny Elfman because it's always Danny Elfman. Always, and the guys or, or John Williams. I, yeah, yeah. And those those guys are are brilliant. One of the things that I've been finding over the past few yeah. years, and and I know this was something that we kind of connected on, was uh, was dives. And one of the things that I was I was doing mm. uh, a couple of years ago, and I haven't done as much of it recently, but I really got obsessed with uh, with certain things. And the one for me was I wanted to get to the bottom of who the godfathers of heavy metal were. And so there's an amazing documentarian out in Vancouver mm. who did uh, Headbangers, uh, what was it um, Headbanger, a Headbanger's Journey? Heavy metal, a headbanger. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yes. Yeah. I remember and then he that. did the hip hop one and he did the history of, of rock. Yes. And so yes. he he does that whole thing. And, you know, you talk about circling back and in, in talking about different artists, you know, collaborating and different artists being known for different things. When you start to watch that kind of stuff, because oftentimes it's not the artist that we know, you know, for that breakthrough, say. Uh, yeah. that were the ones that paved the way. It's often the artists, you know, two or three before that artist even broke that, you know, the, the record companies and the producers are just like, yep. there's no possible way we're going to be able to yep. package this and sell it to the public. And yep. certain artists just say, well, I don't care because this is what I'm doing. And then eventually it takes off. And yep. so when, when I first started to do this, I was like, okay, so they're talking about Black Sabbath. They're talking mm-hmm. about Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. They're talking about uh, Judas Priest. And I was Zeppelin, like, I know Zeppelin. Often Zeppelin, yeah, Zeppelin's too, yeah. there, but see, with heavy metal, because they're more psychedelic, uh, psychedelia, uh, they don't really tangential fall. or a little, yeah, yeah, yeah they're kind of I mean, like in that rush, right? Like Rush is in that category all onto its own. I mean, I know that that, that was a big thing for Rush for the long for the longest mm-hmm. time is they weren't in the Hall of Fame because you know they can't categorize Rush. They, first of all, I and there was a care. stigma. There was yeah, a stigma. there was definitely a stigma. But the Hall of Fame is any Hall of Fame, yeah. in my opinion. Oh, I, yeah. I don't really have time day for. But I, yeah, I, I I know I'm I, I I get intrigued sometimes by a few of the ins and outs, but beyond that, I don't necessarily take uh, no. take personal stock in what they like. As far as I know, I mean, I don't have complaints about who's in there. Everyone who's in there deserves to be in there. But, and I mean, people like, who there's many who aren't does. that deserve every you know everyone exactly. who, you know anyone who's pushed it forward get some minstrels in there from like the, the 1500s you know like that's exactly it right like music has been around since the beginning music was around yeah. before yeah. language like constructed language was you know like we were watching uh i know will smith is in the hot seat in public yeah. opinion right now but oh, he's sure. got that uh, welcome to earth uh, tv show that he was doing where he was going right around. i heard we about were, that i heard about that cool man i would check it out like it's yeah. it's really fun and one of the things that he explores is the sounds that the earth makes like because they were talking they're focusing on sound you would really appreciate this actually uh focusing on sound and they were talking about you know volcanoes and and just that movement and then they were in with a tribe and the tribe was you know they were they were doing um dances and they had their songs that they were dancing to and it was very rhythmic in terms of the way the earth sounds and i know this is getting off in a little bit of a different direction but that is amazing to me because it's just sounds right like it's just natural sounds and that's what a lot of music is is it's these natural sounds that oh, we've been yeah. able to kind of you know focus in on and now some people have distorted the hell out of those songs which is kind of fun too but those natural sounds you focus it down and then you've got music you got something that you can you oh, know, keep, a, keep a rhythm to right 
It's beautiful. I mean, that's where I, I always tip off my hat to artists who uh, who've who've sampled that stuff because you can take um, you know you can take you can take found sounds and sounds from nature and, and incorporate them too. And maybe that is the future of music is going into the the natural world and, and making you know soon it'll be all cats and birds. I know, I know, our cat would love it. You're, oh, mine too. She's a too, right? she's a diva. She's a diva. She she uh, loves to loves to belt the high notes. And I always joke that she should have like a little a little dress and a stage and a tiara. She she pulls some Mariah notes from uh, from time to time, especially when she wants food. So, but uh, but yeah 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 no. I mean, talking about the about about music in the natural world, I remember seeing some videos recently about certain birds and their insane mimicry skills. There was one that was able to sing a line from, it was If I Were a Boy by Beyonce, note perfect, just about this, this bird, because their owner, I guess, had either was, I guess, was singing it all the time and you know, just picked it up. And it's just, it's like, it's like a mental sampler. There's a bird called the lyre bird. Ever heard of that, that bird, no. L-Y-R-E? It goes one step further. This bird, I think, is down in the, like the Amazon or something. And um, there was a video I saw about it and it showed it not just imitating or doing its own call, but it can imitate other bird calls. It could imitate the sound of a drill. It could imitate the sound of a truck backing up. Like this thing just hears a sound and can just reproduce it out of its throat, out of wow. its, its searing. Cause I know we have a larynx and the birds have like, it's like two of them or something we call them the searing or something. And using, using vibrations in its beak and everything, it can just, what I would give to be able to just hear something and you know if, if imitation is fun what i would give to just be able to like i don't know oh I, that would be amazing i mean that was the biggest i feel like for... singing like beyonce today exactly like beyonce like it's like it's like a recording i don't know like that's that's just, just the thought of that is is insane so yeah. i kind of i kind of went on a deep dive of, of parrots and birds i think i drove a few people crazy with that well it's actually it's um, funny that you mentioned that because the other day i heard on the radio that somebody had purchased a, a secondhand bird i think it was a, a parakeet okay. and and it had actually learned the bodies uh from uh, system of down let the bodies hit the floor oh, yeah. and it, it sings that song like yeah. they, can do, they can do whispery voices too they can do like you hear parrots that's or creepy as hell man yeah oh it, it, that's the creepy part where and i think it, because of, of the way its throat is based too it not only reproduces it but sometimes it sounds kind of kind of wispy and ghosty and there's this this woman somewhere in the states and this bird you can tell it's 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 memorized her tones because you'll hear her voice and you'll hear the bird say something and it kind of sounds like her so it, it goes, okay, not only am I hearing this, I'm hearing this in this tone, in this way, et cetera, et cetera. And it wow. just instant Xerox reproduction. Well, have you, have you ever been around people for a prolonged period of time and you start to pick up their cadence? Sometimes. Yeah. I've, Sometimes. I've, I've yeah. Found and I mean, just like you start talking like them, you know, start sounding hmm. a little similar to them. I mean, I know that accents are one of those things as well that you can pick up if you're if you're in that environment for a long period of time right so maybe there's something to that in the way the way True. our brains are are wired uh if i hang out with beyonce for for a month i don't think i'm gonna sound like her <laughs> there we go, there we go. Uh, and that you and, can at least sing back up you can, you yeah. can form the new destiny's child well chances are there'll probably be like a, a restraining order if i'm <laughs> there for a month like come on who the hell no, is this guy Why is he here? yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. No, really? but no, you're you're right. You're right. But we go, we do 
we can do that and people have 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 shown to be able to 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 mimic in their own way the thing that just fascinated me though with with birds was it was it, not just mimicking but also getting like it's like listening to a recording that's crazy you no know? like i can hang out with someone and maybe kind of pick up their flow and their their accent etc but it'll still sound like there are people who are good at impressions sure I don't know. Not to just, that, not to that same level. And also it doesn't even have a, I think the fact that they also don't have the concept of what they're, they're just going, yeah. I'm, I'm making a call. This is the call of my flock. And the call said, if I were a boy or something. So I'm going to make that call too. Cause I'm in this flock and we, this is how we communicate. We would be mocked if we did that. And, and going back to Marvel movies, uh, we just watched Endgame, I believe. And in Endgame, yeah. when Thor comes on to the Guardians ship, mm -hmm. okay, yep. Chris Pratt starts mm -hmm. to talk like him, right? He's big mm -hmm. dog in him and he's right. And so he's, he's yeah. he puts on an English accent and he gets deeper yeah. and they mock him for it. They're like, why are you changing your voice? And that's, that's what we would do now, right? Like if, yeah. if I were talking to you and I didn't normally yeah. speak like you do. Yeah. If yep. somebody caught that, they'd be like, Chris, why are you talking exactly like Don's talking right now? And you're like, that, I, I mean, that's a good question. I have no idea. Go. I tried to. No, nobody it. wants to talk exactly how, like, how I talk. So that's okay. You're good. <laughs> but we good. all, I, I don't know that there's too many people out there that actually like the sounds of their voices. I mean, no, I know that. Yeah, for, no, that's the thing. That's the thing, too. No, I, I, I'm, I'm been consistently horrified by the sound of my own voice of course i'll be i'll be listening to this but it's one of those things where you just and i i, I well there was something I, I remember hearing somewhere where i think part of it too is that when we're talking we're hearing the vibrations of our our voice in our head and then when something else is recording us it doesn't have that extra vibration going around too and that, that could explain some of the sonic differences between how our ears are perceiving our head speaking and vibrating and all that at the same time as opposed to some other some uh, another person a recording device etc who is separate from us hearing us making those noises and vibrations um makes a lot of sense you probably it, also it did, get like it did. A, oh man i wish i could remember where that was from i don't want to sound like i'm just spouting off theories oh, here but it was, sure it was it was it was it was on uh, the world wide web yeah, it was fascinating because I never thought of it that way before. But yeah, and other things where, um, well, they, we I, I used to back before the pandemic when these things happened, partake in the uh, the music days that uh, that chorus would have in the summer, mm -hmm. and they record them, and I'd always kind of cringe in 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 fear at the thought of what it would sound like because I I I'd try and work on a song to perform a these were cover songs and things perform it in the moment and even in the moment sometimes yeah you have a critical brain going like oh i wish i sounded better or saying that but there's all things there's things going on there but then hearing the recording back i would always just be like oh no i sound like kermit meets garfield or... <laughs> that, at least that'd be my perception you yeah know? and it's not my and, i've never thought that when i've heard your voice to be honest. Oh, okay well, well yeah be wrong here like, I, don't I mean know. now i hear it yeah yeah there we go only only if i force it but um if there's a bird out there that can do a kermit i'm sure there I'm is sure. get that I'm liar sure. bird get the, the that liar bird man yeah l-y-r-e crazy bird but um anyways yeah no i i getting on, on on that topic yeah no hearing hearing my own voice uh and and it's at least nice i wouldn't want to say nice but but comforting i guess to, to hear some famous musicians having that same opinion i remember there was an interview with roger daltrey of the who roger fucking daltrey you know, he's, he's, people can talk about his voice in a certain way, but the dude's 
a classic singer, mastered his own style. Maybe he's not, doesn't have a Freddie Mercury range, but he's, 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 he's a vocalist on so many classics. Won't get fooled again, the scream, all that stuff like that, yeah. that alone, that alone puts him in history forever, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and there's someone who was interviewing him about the anniversary of a Who live album. And they're playing him some songs and he's like, oh, I don't really like hearing, hearing myself. Can we can we kind of like just turn this off for a bit? <laughs> I think there was one song he wanted to hear. He was like, OK, I'll hear that one. That, uh, I haven't heard that one in a while. But otherwise, I'm not a big fan of, of hearing my own voice. I think I've heard Mike, Michael Stipe say that, too. They're talking about like going back through REM archives for these anniversary reissues. And he's like, yeah, I don't like doing that. Don't like don't like hearing my voice. I don't like doing that. So and um, I think. I think there was someone who took a shot at Rod Stewart. Maybe was it Roger Daltrey? I don't know. But someone, someone in an interview uh, was like, "Oh, well, Rod, Rod likes to hear his own voice. He's <laughs> he's that way, but I'm not." <laughs> I would have to say that Steven Tyler probably likes hearing his own voice Steven too. Tyler, that guy will sing at yeah, the drop of a hat. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Prince loved hearing his own voice. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, Steven Steven Tyler. You don't you don't need any. Yeah, you know. He'll just, he'll just be like, I, I ordered some fries today. And yeah, I have literally witnessed yeah, that yeah. in interviews. He'll be talking yeah. about something and all of a sudden I break out the song and the interviewer is like, I don't know where the <laughs> hell this came from. I didn't ask him for that. Here's, here's a thought though, Don, on that. Yes, yes, yes. Sure. How much do you think mm-hmm. confidence and self-assuredness plays into something like that? well very true right very, like i'm not i'm not saying that michael stipe does has, has no confidence but oh no i know like, i know you know well like, that's the thing some i guess some it really it really depends because everyone's kind of like a maybe it has a different shade of that confidence or perception and yeah someone like steven tyler i feel like he's not even thinking about that whatsoever he's just he's, he's like not. he does not care i guess that's the thing he just he doesn't care yeah for better or worse yeah. and we'll just sing the phone book at any time no one asking you know and he doesn't he doesn't care if you didn't ask for it either and didn't you know all that stuff whereas yeah maybe some 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 other vocalists feel a bit more of that um i don't want to say restriction but that that reserve where they don't necessarily want to live in their own vocal world all the time or they know that there's a time and place to to sing it so at someone not even just with someone because Steven Tyler will sing at you. Definitely. You're singing with someone and singing at someone. And that's, he's, <laughs> he's an at, like, um, for sure. And I mean, that being said, I'm an Aerosmith fan. Oh, man. They were, they were the first concert I ever saw. Oh, really, eh? <laughs> date me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was the, um, and I think it was the last time that they were actually still uh, pop chart relevant because they had just put out jaded which oh, had mila yeah. kunis from that 70s show in the music yep. video so this puts it to like 2001 i would have been like 18 so um and and uh yeah i saw them at, i didn't live in toronto at the time but came out friend had an extra ticket came out to see them at the theater as it was known oh. back then <laughs> with uh with hemorrhage in my hand favorites fuel that's a whole other show too. These are the yeah. diagrams of music, man. I could, could talk about all that too. But yes, yes, no. There's people have different. Um, I don't even know. Yeah, not confidence levels or self uh, self concern or or self consciousness levels, or they're just on a different wave. With, with with again, Steven Tyler. I've always just been like, I'd love to wake up for a day, or maybe just for an hour 
like see see things through the Steven Tyler lens. Man, maybe an hour would be too much. I don't know. Maybe it depends maybe, maybe, on what hour that is. Uh, what what hour? What hour? Yeah, maybe not the maybe not the ODing rehab years of the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, 80s. stay away maybe from the seventies. Stay away from the seventies. Maybe yeah, maybe the 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 the, the sober the sober years. Yeah, that, the, success, that's... the successful but sober years. There we go. Yeah, no, that's again that that is a very true and fascinating concept of just how how people consider themselves. I like a Mariah Carey. I feel like she doesn't. She would sing at you and not care. Like some people just seem to to exude that. Whereas, yeah, some other people are are. And since I'm someone where I, I feel kind of reserved sometimes about time and place when to 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 perform, not perform, sing, not sing. I appreciate hearing about some some you know say some bigger names out there being that way where they're 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 you know i'm like i feel that way too you know there's a there's a time and place for it like they're not know. always on i think that not that's always on yeah yeah, yeah i absolutely. think that's one of the things that's absolutely. really important when it comes to these artists and these you know these individuals who are in this at the limelight is it's not like they don't deal with things like anxiety as a matter of fact the majority of them do absolutely right? absolutely and 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 it's that's that's why it's important to you know to to to, to talk about these things because yeah growing up i'd see these these music heroes and think they were invincible and so i'd be like well how could i how could i ever compare because these guys are just so astronomically confident they're they're noel gallagher's all the time exuding yeah there is as another example whereas i'm sure even uh, maybe even noel had his uh his anxious days oh yes I, i'm sure that they do i i think that's uh I, and i think that that's one of those things that's really important to point out you know the individuals that we lost so many times to to ods and you know suicide and stuff like absolutely. that absolutely and and there's absolutely. countless numbers and there no one is more important than the other in my opinion it doesn't make a difference if you're even an artist or if yep. you're just a an average ordinary person you know like like me and you um you know if if you're so if you've gotten to that point where you're so low that the only way out is to take your life man like i have i, I personally speaking i've i've gotten to the level where i can think about that you know, I, I really yep. got to that level, you know, yep. and I, you know, some people say I'm too, I'm, you know, not me, but yeah, individuals yep. that have talked about themselves, I, I was too chicken to pull the trigger. I was too this, I was too that. I like to look at it as I had that moment of sobriety, yeah. you know, yeah. that's like, well, wait a second, this yeah. isn't that bad, you know, yeah. and, and you pull yourself out of those, dul those doldrums, but yeah. When it comes to you, I know you had mentioned before that you have your own personal struggles with anxiety and depression. Yep. And and Absolutely. I was curious to know, like, I know you had said, you're like, I don't want to turn this into a bummer episode. And it's, <laughs> it's definitely not. I mean, it's one of those yeah. topics that I 100% agree. It's massively important to talk about. I think the most important thing is just talking, period. You know, it's the whole reason right. that this show exists yep. is just talking about things. I, I wonder when, when you feel those moments of like depression, anxiety, does it help to, to get into something like your music? Um, can music help? Does your music hurt? Like how does music aid you or, or even hinder you maybe in those moments of anxiety and depression? That, that's a very good question. And, and, you know, my answer on that can change from day to day. And I've had days where I did feel I don't know, joy in learning what I was learning or doing what I was doing. And, and, and that was fine. I've also had days where I was just like, 
why did I pick this? Why did, did I just pick the wrong hobby? I guess. I mean, you know, especially if I was trying to, because I do, I, 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 I like people and I like talking to people and I so trying to, to, to sort of make my passion fit with that. Sometimes I've felt like maybe I've, I've had a, a struggle with that. And it's, um, you know, it could kind of bum me out <laughs> to, to say in a, in a, in a minor way, but um yeah, I don't know. I guess some some days it's helped, some days it's 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 hurt. But I, I always try to say to people, look, I, I, I can I can talk about other things too. You know, like I don't, don't I don't want people I don't want people to feel alienated because I felt that way before, and I just I never want anyone to to feel like they can't have fun with me, can't chat with me, that anything, anytime, anywhere kind of thing. You know, and sometimes I I, I worry a lot that 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 uh, <laughs> my interests or passion or something may get in the way of that but then at the same time this is something I've kept up with for years I've want you know it's it's and it's it's like the it's a habit that hasn't gone away uh I kind of got into this when I was young but I think I was 13 when the the music passion really kind of took over and you know years later still there still what I do so and some days I may have a bad moment and still be like oh I picked the wrong up why, why couldn't I? Why couldn't I become obsessed with Marvel? Because everyone loves Marvel. Everyone <laughs> can talk about Marvel. But I, I you know, I, maybe I should learn more about Marvel so I can have conversations. You know, we uh, we often do beat up on ourselves. Uh, I mean, we we like you know, often people I hear say uh, life is so difficult, and and un- unfortunately, I I strongly believe that we make it way more difficult than ourselves than life ever has. Uh, oh for sure oh for sure and and, uh, man even doing shows i remember shows where everyone went home and they you know we we, we'd played some music together i remember a few of the one of a couple of the 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 chorus things where we did some some music and people went home and they they'd seemed content with things and i remember one especially one time i remember it was a day where it rained or something it was something where things just kind of got a little chaotic and, uh, and, and the thing is, with the, especially with those chorus things, you do these rehearsals and that's just a one shot thing. It's not like you can, um, you have another show the next day to correct whatever mistake you feel you made on something. So I'd kind of, I'd feel a little, we'd, we'd ramp up with all these quick rehearsals and then I'd feel kind of dejected when it was over. And I'd do my Charlie Brown walk home with my keyboard going like, well, that's it for another year. Okay, that was something. <laughs> Yeah, that one moment to kind of get it all right and feel that joy, right? Yeah, I mean, not not to say that they that it wasn't fun, but just the the scenario with it being just a one shot deal every year with very last minute rehearsals kind of thing. It would just it would just kind of build up and build up for about a month, and then then just be over. And oftentimes, I wouldn't see people again till the next year. You know, again talking about wanting to make those connections. Yeah kind of tough there that's you know and that's some sometimes you know hey yeah sometimes i go into a situation thinking oh man well if, if i play music and someone else plays music maybe we can you know we can we can be friends we can make a connection over that and that doesn't always happen and i, I, I kind of you know uh you mature with it over the years and, and 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 deal with it in different ways but i remember sometimes feeling kind of bummed like oh well, this is my kind of one the, <laughs> the one thing i can do sort of and uh it didn't work out okay charlie brown walk home well, it sounds like time is here. <laughs> it sounds like one of the things that you're talking about is an often used phrase now which is finding your tribe 
right? Like, yeah, that's that's true. Of people that you can kind of you know communicate with and have those conversations with. Absolutely, and expand with. absolutely, absolutely. And um, especially with the the music nerddom, that can be um, it can be tricky. And I know and everyone's got their own opinions on 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 stuff too. So I always want to try to be open as well. I don't know. It's funny. I remember one one person once uh, said that I was way too Buddhist about music or something. As in, like I was way I wasn't. I don't know. They wanted me to to have harsher opinions on things. Oh, they I wanted guess. you to be clear cut. Like this person <laughs> here is great. This sucks. Yes. Is, yeah. And I and and it's just as if as if my not being that way somehow was a was a lack of something like a lack of lack of conviction is what people say sometimes yeah yeah yeah. and and you know that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because i'm just like no no i i i have my opinions on things it's just it's just i i think about it in a different way it's less this person sucks and this person's great and more the nuts and bolts of like well this person did a thing that was cool in this moment of the song and i really liked what they did in the other moment maybe they could you know it's 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 less it's less cut and dry like this you know well, let's be honest. Be, I'm not going to be like Elton John rocks, but Dua Lipa sucks. Like, no. Yeah, let's let's be honest. There's very few things in life that are black and white. And if you actually have exactly. a passion for things, you can find good and even the worst. Exactly. You know, we've exactly. watched some terrible movies. I've listened to some terrible music. But listen, <laughs> the fact that I was watching that movie and listening to that yep. music and it was produced means yep. that these people are doing something that I've never done. There's some, there's some, and even in a song where I, I maybe I might not, that's the thing i don't i don't really love or hate i just kind of don't remember necessarily and and so maybe that's that's where it is but uh, i know for me even in the songs that that may not be terribly memorable i'll find a little nugget of something someone could play me little uzi vert or sir some you know something like the 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 soundcloud rap that that's coming out now and um because i'm i'm a hip-hop fan too you can that's another that's another story for another time but um i can uh you know i can still hear like a beat in it where i'm like okay that beat's good those notes and tones are interesting they could be worked on there you know it's like i don't necessarily have a have, you know, whether it's something i would <laughs> choose to listen to every day I don't, know. I don't know i mean again this it gets into complicated territory but um there there is if you look for it there there usually is a little nugget of something in everything or something that you could at least sample and put in something else um i think the actually the last time i cringed at something was more so when I think someone is trying to pass off an attitude, for example. And I know this has been talked about by, by others too, not just me. But and, and I'm sure someone meant well, but that COVID cover of Imagine mm. um, that was done by, uh, I think it was spearheaded by Gal Gadot and um, some other celebrities joined in. It, it, it was just kind of setting itself up. You know, I'm like, first of all, that's a song that has been covered before for 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 charity. And if they're trying to pass that off, like, hey, guys, look what we're doing. I'm like, no. Jimmy Fallon's in there doing this like John Lennon impersonation like no one's done it before. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's kind of where and even then I don't want to necessarily say it sucks. But I'm kind of like, this is some burnt out territory kind of gets me you see the look on my face that you can't really see it on this podcast but uh it's i get this kind of kind of kind of wrinkled up thing when i i don't know someone you know i hear britney spears is doing a a concert she wants to have her one song to show that she's down with the rock music so she's going to come out in a leather jacket to 
I love rock and roll, you know, and I'm like, oh, my face kind of winces. I do try to give people credit, and, you know, but <laughs> live, live. So I think, you know, I'm not a perfect Buddhist. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to like it all, right? I think that that's, that's no, the that, most that's important just it. That's just it. I know I've kind of, I, I, I probably seem like I've kind of contradicted myself in the last five minutes mm. here saying, well, you know, but I guess I, but I, I do have a, a, opinions, but it's just, yeah, I can never be, this is great, this sucks, this is great, this sucks, because that is just, when we're talking about, I, I just feel that when we're talking about music, that is just too, it's too black and white, and it's too, it's too easy, and it's too dismissive. Also, some of these tracks, um, some of these tracks that people were like, oh, I don't like that, some of them took a ton of effort to make, some of them Maybe not some of the new, some of the newer ones sound like, yeah, okay, they might have tossed some loops into Fruity Loops or some some free online thing and throw on a couple lines on it and put it out on the internet, fine. But there were, there were some, I've, I've heard people crap on ABBA. And Ab, if you listen to that stuff on headphones, they, they, they these guys put in so much work, so yeah. much sound layering so much lots of production so much lots of production i mean yes it was the 70s too when due to technical limitations some of that's that you had to work with tape if you wanted a certain sound you had to stack up certain things and use certain effects that could be done far more easily today and and yeah maybe for some people the the, the whole mama mia thing like the, the play and the movies and stuff might have given people a bit of a, a weird taste i do find it weird not hearing the abba people sing their songs because i'm also used to we we're talking accents earlier and i just i'm so used to hearing their accent which i find fascinating in the tracks that's just it's a part of the it's a part of the the whole music experience so then when i hear meryl streep you know <laughs> not even talking about vocal ability you can have someone with an amazing voice singing an album song and i'm like hey, hey, there you go but Again, my face is cringing, folks. So uh, that's that's sort of my that's 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 as negative as I get. I mean, I get a little I get a little cringy, but I still hope for the best. I mean, that so that stuff took so much effort. So so I don't like seeing people necessarily be dismissive because then then you're really looking at music as just oh well, but it's around. It fell from the sky. You didn't know how it got made. You didn't know all the all the all the, the sweat that went into it and all that stuff. So I think that has to be. Um, you know that has to be considered as well, especially anything anything from the pre pre two thousands, where in order to just make that track, period, you had to do some time, get a studio, get a budget, sacrifice some things, and like I said, sure, nowadays you have some songs that sound like they took as much time to make as 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 what's there, which in a few cases is true from some things I've I've heard. I remember hearing about one song where someone was like, yeah, we did it in five, you know, we, song's five minutes long, took us five minutes to make, and then we put it on online. And I'm like, okay, all right, fair enough. But even then, even then, sometimes simple recordings have a charm to them. It really, I mean, this is this is where these music conversations are so fascinating because there, there's, there's so many things. Even right. as I talk about this, I'm like, well, you know, there's all these different sides I didn't, I didn't consider. So. Well, one of the things that I hadn't considered, and and uh, we'll wrap up on this thought because Ooh. I think it's, I think it's an interesting thought. Well, I say that I think my own thought is interesting. How, <laughs> hey, how egotistical that's is that? your thought, man. Go for uh, it. Go with it. One, one of the things that I hadn't considered before is mm. the perspective and the headspace that you're in when you're consuming these medias whether it's watching a movie, watching a show, listening yes, to a song, absolutely. right? There's been 
times in the past and and I've gone and, and I've been challenging this on a regular basis now thinking about a movie that I didn't like I hated that movie it was shit and then I say yep. no you know what like I've got a fresh perspective we all have different perspectives now than we did two or three years ago 10 years ago 15 20 years ago go back and challenge yes. yourself right yes and I, have you done that that is um yeah wow. well you know what um yeah oh for sure there, there's some things that I think I kind of around the time I turned 20 I kind of that, that was kind of a pivotal point for me in, in kind of choosing my you know choose your own adventure if you will up until that point in my teens I was listening to older things that I was learning or, 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 or older things that I was listening and learning about but also I just discovered when I was, you know, 15 or 16, you know, much music. And, and so I was kind of keeping up with some new things as they came out, maybe didn't have as much of a, I don't know, I maybe had a different mindset. But then when I turned 20, I was almost like, okay, well, I can either keep up with what's, what's continuously coming out, or I can start the archaeology process, the archaeological process, and, and go, go backwards. And I think that's kind of what I did. I was like, I was like, okay, well, there's a new Blink album this year. I could check that out, or I could check out this. I don't know, check out this Ray Charles album from, or you know, or even a, I don't know, some bubblegum pop album from 1972 or something. And I found myself going back. So, like for example, you were talking about again back back with Elton. He had the lockdown sessions, but a couple of years ago he came out with a box set called Jewel Box, which was the Elton nerd box set. It had B sides that hadn't been put out in digital form ever. It had demos and old, a lot of a lot of archaeological digs stuff where you know you're listening to tape because occasionally you hear little tape noises and things and so i think well that's kind of where i went first i was like i was like oh he's got some some newer stuff but oh man he's got these these bootlegs and things out from like 50 years ago and oh i you know and i'm someone where if i as I've mentioned before, if I think about something for, for too long, I may not make a decision. So I'm just like, well, I just kind of go go for, for hearing some of the older stuff. But uh, I totally lost track. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's all good. It's all good. Well, one of the things that, uh, like, just to add. To this is that, a real conversation, folks. All, yeah, the, exactly. all the tangents, all the loose ends. Courtesy to, uh, of me. To add to that, um, I like the idea of hearing an artist for the first time say, uh, and this is where Spotify has helped me a lot is mm -hmm. an artist comes on my discovery that, you know, came out 10 years ago. And then if I like it, what right, I do, is I, right. going, I just go right back to their first yes. album and I just start listening to it. Sorry. Yes. You're talking about revisiting some things that we'd had, we'd had opinions on. And yeah, well, there were, there were a few other, I remember hearing, um, sometimes it'll be something from the last decade where I'm, I'm especially not, <laughs> uh, not always up to speed. And I'm like earlier today, I some song popped into my head and it was, I love it by Icona Pop. And I'm, oh, okay. I'm just like, I'm like, that was pretty good. That's the, I don't care. I love it. Oh, yeah. I don't care. I put your shit into a bag and threw it downstairs. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, those, the, 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 the lyrics weren't the worst thing I'd ever heard. And yeah, these, maybe these, these, these youngins got it pretty good on that, uh, on, on, on that track. I think one of the, the artists on it was Charlie XCX. <laughs> which I think means Charlie 1990, which means I'm older than Charlie, um, <laughs> probably. But uh, I'm like, all right, yeah, they they 
they, 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 they did a good one, you know? Or I think about like somebody I used to know by Gautier. Both, both of these one hit wonders, by the way, because I think, I think they just kind of, kind of, you know, especially in North America, kind of came and went. But um, you know, yeah, I, I, some, and I'll, 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 I'll uh, those songs will somehow spring back into my memory. I'll listen to them and I'll be like, you know what? Maybe when it was kind of forced on me, even in the wild, if I'd be working retail or in a mall and hearing it all the time or something, ah, but yeah, give it some space and give it some time. And yes, yeah, so there's, there is hope too for all of these. Uh, all of these tracks out there to find something. I uh, I want to leave it on that. I want to leave it on okay. hope. Hope, hope. Hope is the best possible thing. Positive, to end ending. Positive I, ending. I I love it. See, I told you that this wasn't going to be depressing. We talked uh, uh, we talked yep. about everything, yep. and we ended yep. on hope. Uh, but no, man, there we go. listen, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure to, uh, to sit here and, and, uh, just, just bang back and forth about music and pick your brain and Thanks. see how you well, think about this kind of stuff. It's really fun, man. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to do a part two, part three, part 10, you know, this is something where there's, there's so much to talk about so many aspects and I just I'd love to talk about it. That's awesome. Even the dude. bummer stuff. Cause that's all, that's all part of life too. All it's part all of- part of life, man. That's why it's part of this conversation. We'll definitely be doing this again. Okay. I'd love it. I love it. Have a good one. You too, buddy.